you're in like a car by Marina. I'm currently in a, a recording studio I constructed myself out of uh-huh. out of an air mattress propped up against the wall. Cool. It's not cool. It's um, I'm really really sweltering hot. We have a heat wave nah. here as well. It, I'm dying here. And, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I, I got to do this because you know all the all the haters and critics saying that I should be, you know, hydrated and not in a hundred degree <laughs> um, heat. Yeah. yeah. I'm doing yeah. this for the fans. sentence of this week uh, this is a podcast where we talk about books then we play death metal then we talk about books again then we play more death metal this format is very simple and this week uh, on the talking about books side of things we've got uh, we're going to do some talking about one of the writers of my one of some of my favorite books I've read in a very long time a fellow named Bud Smith uh, if you don't know him yet you will and you should and you must he is an incredible writer. He um, has published two books in the last six months. There is uh, Double Bird, which is a short story anthology, but like interlinked short stories are amazing. And there is Work, which is a memoir, but, but in these little bitty chapters that, that are like short stories almost, it, it's incredible. And he's great and he's a really cool guy and he's, he's down to earth as hell while still being a brilliant artist so check him out go read his stuff and he's got earlier stuff he's very prolific so you, you'll find something you like by him and if you stick around uh, we'll play you some all father guys with beards playing heavy shirt they're from the uk where i am right now and they're cool they're nice guys too and uh at the end of the show if you really want to stick around well, I'm going to play Emma Ruth Rundle. She's got new stuff coming out. Uh, if you remember the album Mark for Death, that was amazing. And she's getting better. And she's was already good. And now she's great. So what? you have no reason to listen to any other podcasts uh, with the following exceptions. Uh, Mike Dichter, obviously, that's really good. Um, I mean, episode one is always good. Um, really liking the dollop right now so you can listen to that but yeah other than that other than those you should probably stick around and you should uh, leave reviews and uh, subscribe and tell friends and leave graffiti in bathrooms yeah and just be, be a, a good online citizen uh so here's me and bud smith and he's in a car and we're talking yeah i want to talk about we want to talk about but two of your books because you brought out work and double bird in like 
in like less than a year. Am I getting that right, or am I mixing it up? No, was... you're right. I think work came out in September of 2017, and I think Double Bird came out in at the end of March in 2018 or early April 2018. So yeah, they came out. Yes, yeah, like six months apart. About. Damn, like that. That's like 1950s sci-fi author level of productive. That's like yeah. I mean, it's my only hobby anymore. Um, besides just drinking beer and laughing and hanging out with people, I like don't. I don't like really do any other hobbies. So just writing is like, I just do it every day for for a little bit of time, and uh, yeah, just a lot of stuff gets produced that way for some reason. Yeah, I mean that's like, I mean I, I know a lot of people saying like you should write every day. Make a practice of it, do, do your craft and stuff, but you like actually do it and you produce yeah, I, like really, really good stuff out of it. But, yeah, well, I mean, I don't think that people should try to write every day either. Like, that's like one of those, you know, that's one of those things that people say. It kind of like comes out, it seems like it comes out of like uh, privilege or something. Like, everybody can just, you know, write every day or whatever. I don't, I don't think that. I don't think that that's really necessarily true. I don't think every, anybody should feel bad about not like being able to do it every day. I mean, it's just like if you think about the things you do and if you like them or not, and you can, you can, yeah, you can always make more room for like creative, especially just make more room for yourself to be creative. Uh, and a lot of times that just that just involves like giving up other things that you don't enjoy as much, like. I mean, I used to like playing video games or whatever, but I don't do that. I used mm-hmm. to like playing music. And music sure is creative, but I just found I got more joy out of writing. So I, I just gradually quit things and made more and more room for writing. And and just the more the more that just became my focus, and you said it right there with practice. It is just like if you can just practice what you like to like the most to do, you just get, you get better at it to a degree. And it seems to get a little slightly easier to get into the zone of how you make your good work. Cool. So I've got to yeah. ask now, since since you brought it up, you you had a cause of this, so don't blame me. What video oh, okay. games? What video games did you like? Oh wow! Back in the day, I mean, I think I quit as soon as um, they started making games that were 3D. Like, uh, so I'm saying I like quit playing video games. Probably like. Right around the time PlayStation came out. Wow. I mean, that's, yeah. Yeah, that's I mean... Good. But then what would happen is that's, like, right around the time I started, like, drinking and doing drugs and stuff. So I'd be at a party and I'd be, like, kind of getting wrecked and everybody would want to play video games, you know, because that's what they did. And, and, I, and I was fine with that, but I would try to play, like, whatever the game was and I just, like, completely sucked at it because I was just so used to playing, like, I don't know. You know, I was okay, like Legend of Zelda and Double Dragon or whatever, but I hadn't like stuck with it. You know. Yeah, I tried I to like, play. Uh, tried to play one of the Grand Theft Autos on mushrooms one time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that was a terrible idea. A really bad idea. Like emotionally, yeah. psychologically, spiritually, very yeah. terrible idea to play Grand Theft uh-huh. Auto on mushrooms. Yeah, I yeah I hear that, and like I don't know. There's something really amazing about those kind of games, though, like uh, like an open world game like Grand Theft Auto, or like that. I, I watch YouTube videos sometimes, and I just like kind of like try to appreciate them as if they were like a like watching somebody else play 
who's not necessarily like a professional gamer, just like a little bit of a walkthrough and just kind of see like watch the game as like a movie a little bit or something. But I can stomach that for like an hour or two. But when I think about like how many like when I think about dumping like a hundred hours into like the newest Mario Odyssey game or whatever it's called, I'm just like I really want to. I don't know. I'm just I feel a little selfish that I don't want to give that part of my life away. I want to I want to work on something else. I want to I want to I want to write my novel. Yeah, I mean it's not like you're doing. It's sorry. You're doing good shit with your time, so uh, you can not feel guilty for not playing video games. But, well, uh, it's just like here—it's like hearing hearing people say, "Oh, I don't like country music," or "Oh, I don't like rap," or "Oh, I don't like video games." It's like the more things like that I say I don't like, I just feel like I'm I'm, a, I'm getting in the, the territory of being a bitter old man, and I don't—I don't really feel that way, but I don't want to get that way, so I'm like try to stay open to all this stuff, you know? Yeah, I, it's one of the things I've noticed as I've gone older, and like, I was very much one of these people that define themselves by their pop culture consumption through most of his 20s. Yeah. Like, I was a, I was a hipster elitist douche, for want uh-huh. of better words. And as I'm getting older, I've just realized I don't want to... I, I have no time for most to be this, like, collector of <laughs> references yeah. and quotes yep, and yep. nonsense. And... All the, all the old people I'd laugh at because they didn't know the latest band or show or game or whatever, then yeah. I realized now that they just gave up all that like, time-wasting shit and they're actually happier because they concentrate on what makes them happy. Yes, yeah. that's, that's one of those things where I never feel guilty about, um, and I don't think anybody should feel guilty about reading, uh, especially like um, like... You know, I read a lot. Obviously, I read a lot of like literary fiction, and it just seems to be anything that's really just focused on characters. It's like all, all you're doing is like dipping your toes farther and farther into like an endless pool of humanity, and like trying to figure out like how people work and why why they do the things they do. So reading is just like for me, it's like some people probably like it as much as going to church. I think it's going to save their soul or something. Mm-hmm. And uh, before we get into uh, books and reading and writing. What what was your band? Because I, I I read a lot of uh, work and I don't think you ever told. Maybe I skim read it, but uh, no, no, no. I didn't really get said, into the band thing. Yeah. What um? What kind of band was it? So work um, work is nonfiction memoir, and I wrote a novel which was fiction, but it was kind of it was mostly about the band I was in and that novel's called F250. Oh, right, yeah. And and F250 is about a, a noise band. Uh what's well, about two bands? It's about a noise band and it's about like a kind of like a cover band that plays in bars on the Jersey Shore. Mm-hmm. And so I was in a I was in this noise band and we like we're kind of like Mars Volta a little bit. Mm-hmm. Something like that like math, like math core or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh like slightly progressive but um so yeah, we did that, but we never had a singer. Um, we were always trying to find one, but the music was just so like all over the place. You know, you would try to like have a uh, have somebody come and try out for the band, and they would have like a tape, and they would try to learn the songs, and it just would never really work out. So before the band really, um, really, really got off the ground, um, my 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 good friend who was the drummer of the band, he overdosed and died. So so that was the end of that. Sorry, that's okay. 
Um, and when did you really, really start getting down and writing? Is that like you, you tell the story in in work of like yeah. finding poetry in the toilets? Yeah, it was pretty much that. That's when I got like. That's when I realized you could. I didn't. I didn't know that you could um, just send your poems places and stuff. I thought you had to like. I don't know. I thought you had to go to college and 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 you had to have like you had to be all the way into it. I thought I thought writers, people who wrote novels, people who wrote books of poetry and stuff. I thought that they were the kind of people who had to be like a hundred percent into it with no plan B, and it wasn't that they had day job i just i hadn't researched into it at all you know i was just i like to read and I, I would read novels and i read everything they made us read in high school and and i and i i love to just read beyond that too but i just never really looked into like the life of a quote-unquote artist and realized anybody can do it and there's no you don't need a special union card or whatever it was to to be able to send your work out so once i once i found out you can just send your you could send your writing to any one of these millions of underground magazines and, and websites. I didn't even really realize there's a whole like just endless, endless mountain range of these literary websites. Once I found them, I was just off to the – that became the thing that I gradually, gradually got more and more and more into until, until like I said, that, that's the thing that I just do now. That's, yeah. that's my thing. And you're doing it well. I mean I, I don't – I have no idea why this is, but I don't read a lot of short story collections or short stories. It's always I don't novels. either. I don't really either. I don't read a lot of short story collections. Mostly I'll read if I find if I you know however I discover a really good writer who I like, and most of them seem to be just writers who are coming out nowadays from um, the Tyrant Books uh, website yeah. on the stream of stuff Tyrant, there. I, yeah. yeah, I'll read all the stuff on the Tyrant website. I'll read all the stuff that comes out on Hobart. And I mean, I'm just like, uh, you know, of the most modern writers. That's the stuff I'll, I just gravitate towards. So I'll, I'll read all those short stories, and uh, but like historically, I'm not like a big. I was thinking about that today with like how many actual collections of short stories I've ever read, and it's probably like I don't know. I've read 15 of them, I'm and I've read maybe, less. and I've read like, yeah, and I've read like who knows, 500, 600 novels, you know. So it's like. Um, there's just something about short stories though that the people who can write good ones are to me they're just they're the shit you know mm-hmm. I feel like I feel like a, an okay writer can write a very good novel but um, most of the times I'm not gonna read a bunch of short stories by an okay writer yeah I mean I don't wanna like kiss your ass here but um, Double Bird was fucking amazing I loved Excellent. that uh, and Admittedly, yeah, not a huge short story writer, but yeah, Double Bird kicked ass. That was so fucking good. Um, and just to set a little bit of context for people at home, there's there's links between the stories. There's references back and forth between a few of them and uh, continuing themes a little bit. And uh, so it's if it's got that kind of novelistic development of ideas and themes and stuff if, if you want it there or you can just pick up a, a random story out of the I think it's like 40 of them and read it and it, it's like takes 10-15 minutes to do and it's amazing and they're all really 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 good yeah um, thanks a lot 
Yeah. It, um, what? So they seem quite uh, thematically and in, in terms of genre coherence. What? What kind of feel were you going for with, the, with those? With the whole Double Bird collection? Well, what Double you... Bird, Double Bird, definitely. Yeah, it definitely is a. Um, so I want to say I, I kind of free wrote short stories for like maybe about five years. I was writing just kind of whatever I felt like writing for probably, you know, for three years or so. And then, and then I looked at everything after like three years and I, and I kind of saw that half of what I was writing kind of went one way and the other half of what I was writing went the other way. And the things that went the other way are what became the collection of Double Bird. And they're just um, stories about people who are uh, outcasts from society and um, people who have kind of slipped from reality and people who are actively trying to leave their lives behind and so double bird is all about just these people who have decided they've just had enough or they've had some kind of breakdown or they're trying to they're trying to get through some breakdown uh, and they're trying to get to a better place and they're all um they were my my more surreal stories everything kind of was like reality had kind of crumbled for these people and i didn't mean it as a um as like um you know i couldn't say like any of the stories are horror or any of them are sci-fi or any of them are or this or that I'm, i was always trying to write firmly in literary fiction just about the characters so there everything is character based and character developed with most of the time i feel like the plot just revolves around this person getting away from what they don't like and getting towards what they would want to be or something along those lines so, I mean, after those three years, I just kind of started um, taking a good look at, at that that batch of stories and and trying to further develop that that theme and kind of get it to where it kind of feels like listening to um, a double album from like a 70s band. I, feel, I wanted it to feel like listening to physical graffiti or something. <laughs> I wanted it to kind of have like a – I wanted this, the stories all to work together organically but also i i wrote some new stories based on things that i'd already written in other ones like um the collection kind of like has a, a linchpin in it um there's a story called um junior in the tunnels and in that in that story collection in that story in the collection there's a the character finds a stack of uh, journals in a an, an abandoned asylum and it's all the patients that were in the, the facility and those journals um, are what a lot of the stories are in the book. Hmm. They're yeah. they're so they'll so it all kind of stems from that. It's like these people talking to you, but they're they're people talking to you through a little hole in the ground in another story that leads to mm-hmm. another story that leads to another one. Yeah, I mean, it's I don't think I've read another um, short story collection that's been like that that's had these subtle but still really cool links and it kind of it's one of those nice things where it makes you feel smart when you remember oh wait i I remember the person in the other story was talking about their neighbor who believed they were amelia Earhart or something yeah so all these cool little easter eggs are in there that uh they all work really well together thank you and um that whole uh idea of escape and escapism and breaking out of your life was really strong in a whole bunch of them and probably all of them yeah and uh like why did that theme 
like suggest itself and why did you want to go with that one theme in particular well uh, something some things have happened to me with with my writing where i've always i've had people read some of my um some of my other books and 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 they i I, you know i've had people tell me after they read f250 that um they had gone and taken an mfa class and and they had been taught not to write in a certain way and 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 kind of just you know pushed away from writing a certain narrative and you know there's rules to what you're supposed to write and and what you're not supposed to write and uh i i thought that was one of the funniest things i've ever heard you know because they're telling me oh i enjoyed this book but you're not supposed to write about you know uh a guy in a band you know doing this and doing or whatever it is you know there's all these things that are just that have supposedly been done too much and and so one of those things I, I, I hear about every once in a while, and it just makes me laugh, is you're not supposed to write about writing, which is like such a joke. Mm-hmm. You should write about whatever you want to. You just have to make sure that you're just having a really good or bad time doing it, uh, and and try, and you're not ripping anybody else off intentionally. You're just kind of being free with it. So escape, how does a writer write about escape? Um, you know, you just... You can you can just imagine a person in a bad spot and getting out of it. Sure, that's fine. But I also really wanted to write stories about writers. About mm-hmm. I wanted to write stories where I could put I could put you know a version of myself in them. And I I would say maybe a quarter of the stories in this book, the narrator is just um, it's me. Or it's the guy writing the short story or the guy you know. And and at the end of the book, there's a story where uh, the author of the book dies. And I just I don't know. Mm-hmm. I just yeah. think that's really cool. To kind of play around with those kind of things because supposedly you're not supposed to do that stuff. Cool. Yeah. Okay. So we come up to about the halfway mark, so it's time for music. I'm not going to like make you listen to the music. I'll, I'll just dub it in later. Okay. Uh, so we're playing uh, a track by a band called All Father. They're a UK based uh, kind of metal band I've got to bring up their shit right now they've been around for a little while but they've got a new album out called And All Will Be Desolation nice cheery stuff and this is the first track off that album it's called Black Triangle and they've got some really dope t-shirts so if any of you are like you know you, you've throwing away all your t-shirts in this heat wave then you could get like a new Allfather t-shirt there's one with Rasputin on here it's really good so uh, yeah listen to Allfather and buy one of their t-shirts and go see them live sometime because they're pretty cool guys too Thank you. 
that, and that was All Father with their song Black Triangle off their new record, And All Will Be Desolation. And but Smith's still in his car by the uh, marina and uh, still talking to him. So, um, hello, hey, um, yeah, so I'll dub out the silence as well. <laughs> uh, yeah, so Double Bird was good as hell and very, uh, I don't want to say magical realist because that kind of has its own thing, but it, it's surreal, it's dreamlike in places, but also like super real and gritty and down to earth. And yeah, and that's amazing. The folks at home should go read it. Uh, kind of on the other end of the spectrum, but while still like totally you, is work, which is a memoir. So, um, why why write a memoir? I mean, you're still a young guy. You've you've written a bunch of books, but you write like ten books a year. So that's like, why why write a memoir right now? I think sometimes you write a, you write about your life to figure out what you're doing who you are really um especially i just feel like a lot of people i know are just they don't mean to be myself included we're just kind of caught up in a persona of what we are on social media or who we are to our coworkers, or who we are to our family or who we are to people who love us you know i have a, my wife i feel like i'm just i'm a certain way with my wife which i feel very natural with my coworkers, I feel semi-natural online. I don't know what that is, and no, I have online is yeah. And I also have this just, I have this this itch where I want to I want to be creative and I, I want to make art all the time. But I think sometimes it's just it's great to look back at your life and just trying to just try to figure out who you really are in this moment, try to capture it because um, I feel like I've changed a lot as I've gotten older. And I, I'm first. I'm sure I'm going to continue to change. So it just feels really important to kind of take stock in what's happened so far, and to kind of record for myself and for anybody who's somehow interested, just to kind of take a look and see see what's going on. And um, you know, I wrote work too because um, I kind of I have a job working heavy construction, and there's not very many writers who are doing that kind of work. So I would, people would always yeah, ask definitely. me a lot of people would always ask me a lot of questions about it, and I'm happy to talk about it. And uh, I just got to be uh, I would talk about it at almost every reading I would go to, and anytime there'd be a dinner party or a get together with other like poets and short story writers and stuff, I would just be talking about it. So they I don't know they seem to enjoy my uh, my job and talking about it. So I, I decided I, I should just write down some some of the things that have happened there, and. Uh, that book grew out of a, a, a weekly column I had. I had a column for about a year at a website called Real Pants, which was uh, – it's still going, the, the website. The column um, the column's done. But um, Real Pants is run by Adam Robinson. And uh, what happened was the, how this book got generated was I was um, really drunk at my wife's family's house on Christmas – Christmas Eve, I think it was, and I saw a like call for cost. You know, Real Pants wanted to do a column, and I really admired Adam Robinson. He's the publisher of um, 
of publishing genius and he's he's published some amazing books that i just loved um, some, a book by shane jones i loved and bunch of other ones so i saw this call for columns and i wrote to him i said hey i'd love to write um, an essay or two about my job uh, and how it like intersects with intersects with creativity and because i do most of my creative work on my phone at work trying to just squeeze in as much time out of the day doing that and adam was like sure you can you can write some stuff for my website like that night he wrote back and i was like awesome that's great so i think like a day or two after christmas he wrote back and he said uh, yeah, so let's do this. Um, and I said, okay, how, how often would you want me to put up um, an essay? Because that's what it was going to be. It was going to be a column, so it was going to be an essay. And it was, I was left to my own devices on what the material was going to be. But Adam was like, well, why don't you put up um, an essay, let's say 1,200 words every Tuesday? So then it just became this thing where I was like, all right. So I never really, it all wasn't really thought out. And I just, I had to generate this material each week and I wanted to, but I also had to. And that was this thing. It just created this frantic energy behind that book where, you know, I would, I would be honest with you. Most of the times um, I I had the ability to upload the essays on my, from my phone. So, you know, you try to get it done, but then it would be like Tuesday morning, 7am I'm at work and the essay had to go up at 11am, let's say, on that same morning. So I would just be writing it on my coffee break as quick as possible. So it was just this, it was just this like way of just pushing, pushing this, this stuff out. And it was just, it was easier too to write about what I knew. Um, so I was, I was just generating a lot of material week by week that way. And, uh, yeah, that's what became work. Um, so I did that for about a year. And then when that was all done, I, that was like, I don't even know what it was. And, I just kind of copied it and pasted in what I had, put it in a, a document, and uh, tried to make it into a book. And I submitted it to uh, a couple presses. One of them picked it up, and and then uh, you know, then you then you just you know you do a couple drafts of the thing, and you, and you get into making it like a book book. You know, it's not just. But that's the thing I've always like loved uh, about writing. At no point until the absolute final point does a book need to really be a thing you are really 100% sure what it is. You don't have to know what the hell's going on with it until, I don't know, a month before it really gets published. If you're doing small press or whatever, you just make it. You make it for a while and you get lost in it. And So work was the perfect kind of project for that because it was about, about my job, about doing creative things at my job but also just about like how you don't have to always know what you're doing so it was just like the perfect kind of i don't know it's like a self-completing circle or something yeah and again it's good as hell um i haven't quite got to the end but uh unless you screw up the last chapter or something then it's like a very damn good book and um so one of the things that I've, I've said on this show before, and I've said kind of all through my adult reading literary life, is that there aren't enough books about people's jobs. Like, in most uh, literary fiction, I'm talking here, not... Yeah. Like, um, like the protagonist is nine times out of ten a either a writer or professor or yeah. someone who doesn't really have a real job like a nine-to-five, punch-the-clock, hate-your-boss kind of job. Yeah. They'll, they'll have 
dive, be independently wealthy or have some creative job. And it is so, so rare to the point it's kind of novelty to have a book about someone who punches a clock, like 90% of the people who read it. Yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like people, a lot of writers just feel like if they write about that kind of stuff, then they're boring or something, which I don't agree with. Mm. I'm I'm yeah. interested in, in in how people struggle in their regular lives. The only thing I care about really is, you know, you can tell, like, you know, you can get hooked on any kind of book just by reading the, f- the first couple sentences. It's just how a writer makes their sentences. But mm. it's that, you know, when that subject matter is like something where you're like, I don't know. You just kind of get locked into it where I'm like, I can, uh, I'll read it. If I'm reading a book that's so good and I have to go somewhere, I'll read the book while I drive my car. You know, I don't, I'm just like sucked into it. And it's, it happened, it's happened to me a couple of times with books, you know, like that about people's jobs where I'm just like, wow, this is so good. You know, like, uh, Lucia Berlin's great like that. Uh, people rag on Bukowski all the time, but I mean, Factotum's a really great book. I mean, come on. Um, he had like there's one there's a thing in one of those Bukowski novels I think it might even be like Hollywood or Women or something where a reporter shows up at his house and um, she's just, I guess she's not really aware of like his whole shtick of like being a guy who worked at the post office and is a drunk and she starts lecturing him about how all these kids nowadays think they can just buy a typewriter and they're just a writer and. Uh-huh. Uh, it's like just so funny because it's like he's just like that's that's what I do. I'm just a guy with a typewriter. Yeah. Yeah. So people make people make more out of it than it really is. Like there's you know it never ends the the whole debate of like MFA no MFA. It's like all right, mm-hmm. listen, I want everybody to do what they want to do. If people want to go to college, I want them to go. I don't want anybody to be miserable. I want everybody to seek out whatever their dream is and I don't want to hear anybody bitching about somebody else's dream it just makes me sick to my stomach hearing people like talk down about it mm-hmm. yeah. yeah that's I've found no proper way to write a novel good or bad or even mediocre or publishable or whatever it, people come at from a million different ways and yeah, there's no secret to it, and you're never going to get like no MFA or even going the total opposite route, being like some like gutter punk who. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's none of it is a guarantee of good writing. I don't, there is no secret. It's just no, no. There's no secret. Some people, Any, some anybody people can it. do it. Anybody can do it. Some people can do it easier than others, or anybody can do it, and it's like yeah, it's exhausting. So well, it's exhausting, like looking for the uh, the secret key for it because it doesn't exist. That's that's all it really is. And uh, have you found that like pushing yourself like this, like doing like twelve hundred words a week, writing in lunch breaks and and coffee breaks on your phone is is that does that work for you? Is that yeah like... yeah? It only works for me because it's what I want to do. Um, it's. Mm-hmm. Nobody cares at all if I ever write another word. No one, no one would care, and it's it's really good because it's what I want to do. And I'm the type of person, unfortunately, where if anybody has ever had a good idea about what I should do, I'll never do that. 
<laughs> so Same. I've had, you know, I've had some, I've had some really great advice and I've had, I've had some people who really tried to help me out. And I'll tell you what, I was never really able to, uh, to get very far with anybody trying to help me out. I always had to try to think I at least thought it up myself or, or got to the, to the discovery myself some way. Uh, I just have some kind of chip on my shoulder probably from not, you know, not being able to go off and do what I wanted to do when I was, uh, when I was younger, which was, uh, you know, pursue, um, pursue the academics and stuff. So I probably have like a little bit of a chip on my shoulder about all that stuff. So like for me, it's always just been reading just like a lot. I read as many novels as I could read, read the classics, read the, whatever the newest hot indie press releases that people really like. And, um, you know, sometimes that's great. And sometimes you can find, you can find things in there that really like drive, uh, it's like a passion for the everyday. And sometimes you can just really find some, you know, these authors just sometimes really phone it in, you know, um, they just, they just really phone it in. It doesn't seem like they have a whole lot of, they don't have a whole lot of blood in their veins. And sometimes that's the greatest thing to read a book like that. Something that is popular, but it doesn't really have a lot of blood flowing in its veins because you can kind of see where the dividing line is uh, for yourself as an artist um, for what you want to do. You know, if, if, if something doesn't really inspire you and, and if it makes you angry because it doesn't feel good enough for your time, then I tell you, that's, a, that's one of the biggest driving forces. That's what keeps me... Mm consistently trying to write because i just want to i want to make something that i would like to read if, if i was some 16 year old kid just looking around so that's usually who i'm writing for cool and what kind of stuff like what are your like top five who are you guys like who is your would go to a desert island with you books well, I like uh, all, all Scott McClanahan's work. Uh, for me, oh, yeah. for me, is he's just so fucking good. I discovered him earlier this year. I, sh- I like should have grown up with this guy. That yeah, that Sarah book was just like yeah, yeah, for years and you know yeah, he's really fucking good. Yeah, he's he's an, he's an amazing writer. Um, I really love Tove Jansen, who I've found this year, and. Uh, Hello? You still there? Oh, sorry. Oh, yeah. So you broke up a little bit there. Okay. Okay, so... Tove I really Jansen. love yeah. um, Tove Jansen, and she she has this novel called Summer Book, which I think is great. Um, she has... Uh, a lot of her work is really um, quiet. Stuff about living on an island in Finland and um, making art and writing. So mm-hmm. Tove Jansen's great. A lot of her stuff is um, New York Review of Books. Has put them all out again. And she's somebody worth seeking out. She has children's books too, which are okay. But I, I love her novels and short story collections. And uh, am, I being, am I being stupid? But didn't she write the Moomins? Yeah, she wrote the Moomins. Yeah. Oh, damn. Okay. Yeah, but her her work for quote unquote adults is is uh, I mean it's very similar in tone to the Moomin stuff, but I'll, it's great. She's she's fantastic. Uh, so I love her stuff. I really like Peter Hanke. He's um, a German writer. He wrote one of my yeah, favorite books. Okay. It's called Short Letter, Long Farewell. Um, it's, it's an amazing book. Um, it's about a, a man who comes to America from Europe and he's chasing after his ex-wife. 
and he does the whole tour from the East Coast to the West Coast, just like Manifest Destiny, and he, and he kind of like does a tour of America. That's a very unhinged tour of America. It's just such a good book. Um, um, I always seem to be reading and rereading Richard Brodigan's stuff, and Watermelon Sugar is one of my best, most favorite books. I love that. Um, and I, I mean, there's just so many authors who I love, like one of their books. I'm kind of like that, like that way a lot with bands where I don't really can't say I'm a big fan of like the Rolling Stones, but I like four of their albums out of 80 of their albums or something like that. You know what I mean? Mm. But, uh, another writer who, who I, I seem to be like always going back to and rereading is, um, uh, Steinbeck, um, Canary Row. Um, I, I love Canary Row. It's like just so good, so small. I like these novellas that, that you can read and like you can read in a day for real. 100 page books. Yeah. I think that um, a good novella is better than 15 great epic novels. A lot yeah, of times. There's not a lot of good novellas coming out lately. Um, if you ever get the chance, check out this one called. Uh, the only harmless great thing. Yeah, it's about uh, um, a lady named Brooke uh, Bolander. I think okay. that's how you pronounce it. Uh, it's, I guess, I guess sci-fi, but not cool. in any way. And it's about elephants and radioactivity, and it's made me cry. And it's only about like hundred pages long. It's tiny. It's great. It's easily book of the year for me. But um, yeah, I'm gonna read it. We'll talk about it. It it, it is damn good. Yeah. Tell me how, how you feel about that online. and She's online too all the time, so cool. tell her how you feel. Yeah. But uh, that one was so, yeah, that made me cry. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, was, I was crying my eyes out during the uh, Kristen uh, Iskandrian book, Motherist. Oh, my God. That's, yeah. a, that's an amazing novel. Uh, that, that's, yeah. that's, that's, a, that's one that everybody should read for sure. I've heard the name. I, I don't know. What's it all about? It starts out... It um, starts out very good in a good way, though, um, as like one of these kind of like freshman college procedurals. Like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a girl shows up freshman year of college and, and just kind of adjusting to that uh, that life of college. But uh, she's had some like family drama where her mother has kind of gone on the lam. She's gone missing and her brother has recently died um, of a drug overdose. So she's um she like moves the plot along chapter by chapter but at the end of each chapter is like a, a letter to her mom who who's you don't know if the mom's getting the letters or whether they're emails or what so the book just proceeds that way and then in the middle of the book something happens that kind of changes um the trajectory of the book and uh yeah it just becomes this like such like a deeply moving story like that, that whenever I'm reading like a, a literary a book, you know, literary fiction, I'm always just like, I really want to like understand some characters. I want to like try to understand a little more about what's going on in this weird, wild world. And this is just one of those books where I feel like I feel like gravity kind of changed a little bit. It was, it was fantastic. I don't want to give away the plot. Cool, but yeah, it's a good book. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Now, if I ever get a chance to read something that isn't like. Assigned to me by the show. Oh and, yeah, uh, yeah. Sorry I'll, about I'll that. I'll check it out. 
this is my um, I'm this is Sisyphus pushing the balls up the hill for me. Yeah, that's the books. Yeah, but uh, that's that's fine. I chose this life. <laughs> it, life chose me. Yeah, you found you found your way. Yeah, I've got my microphone and my laptop. This is my this is my war. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's everybody else's war too. Yeah, we're we're all online together. Yeah. The, the trenches. That's right. And um, yeah, and so what are you what are you working on next? And you'll probably have you'll probably have finished like another book by now, right? Yeah, yeah. I have um, I have a couple novels that I've I finished since um, since work, but um, I'm not. I've, I've like written, you know, um, second drafts of I think two of them, but I'm not doing anything with them. They're just going to sit for a while because I'm working on edits with Gian from New York Tyrant. They're going to put out my next novel, Teenager, in March 2019. So between now and March, I'm just doing whatever I need to do to make sure that Teenager comes out the best it can. And so, yeah, just trying to do, trying to do that as focused as possible and, and not mess around too much with, I'm a, I'm really big into doing a few projects at once and that's usually cool, but I just want to kind of make sure I have, I focus a little more on this one. What's uh, Gian like to work with as an editor? He's great. He's, um, he's like super... Uh, he's just a natural, you know. He's um, is he very like hands on, hands off? Or? Uh, it seems just from talking to him and talking to other people who have had books come out with Tyrant, uh, and it just seems project by project, it's different. Whatever the project needs, uh, it just seems like a natural editor. You know, so I'm a, with me. It just it seems like so far it's been just very, we've been like just going back with the content a little bit and. and um, you know, it's been it's been great. It's been definitely the best experience I've had with an editor so far. The only one that's come close so far has been um, Joey Grantham from Disorder Press. Uh, Joey is another like amazing editor. He's just like a natural editor, natural writer too. I don't know if you've found his work yet. And I was going to ask, do you have like an like an agent or? A- like someone representing you is that something you do or do you do you just like submit your stuff uh i was just submitting my stuff um, and then about a year ago uh, early last winter i started meeting with different agents and trying to figure out if anybody would be like someone who would want to work with me and vice versa and uh i met with a bunch of people kind of went on dates you go on dates Mm -hmm. with them um and just to see if like if you're like compatible as humans, you know. And so yeah, I have somebody now who's um, who's you know taking things as I finish them and trying to sell them um, to like you know whoever. Um, my wife and I did a book together, so we're hoping we're hoping to sell that. And that's kind of like right. is that's uh, is that illustrated? Am I thinking of the right thing here? Yeah, we've been working on a book together that she illustrated. Nice. Yeah, yeah, she's she's she does some really cool stuff. So we've been it's a book for adults, but it's it's an illustrated book. So we're 
was uh, her that's her illustration in um, Double Bird, the raccoon on the on the phone car. Is oh, that um, that's actually the artist to that is Michael Seymour Blake, who is um, we collaborated on that. Me and Seymour, and he's um, he's an amazing artist. He's like uh, he's a writer too. He's a he has he's a really great short story writer. And um, and he does just illustrations like galore. He's a guy with like, um, you know, he draws things up all the time and and posts it, and then people just go and get them tattooed on themselves, you know. <laughs> and then he just, cool. yeah, he's great. So yeah, we collaborated on that, and uh, he actually he drew the tombstone at the end too. With uh, I'd rather oh. be at the beach. Oh yeah, nice. So he's cool. Cool. So yeah, it sounds like you like really active like way more than most writers I've, I've I've talked to on here like most people would be working on a book every two five years and you've got like what like three in the, four in the can right now like that could potentially come out that's pretty amazing dude yeah well, like I'm the type of person though I feel like I'm, I'll make stuff and then you know, it'll be done. You know, like I say, it's done. Like, but if you can get to like a second draft of it, if you finish a second draft of something, then that's something where you finished. You know, right in the first draft of something, it's just like, um, whatever. If you if you manage to go through it and then you do a second draft and then you look at it and it's like, uh, I'm not sure if I want to do anything with this. It's for me, it's fine just to say, I'm not gonna. This project's not gonna go anywhere. I'm cool with just abandoning projects. So, it's never bothered me to. Maybe that's how I kind of stay not very precious with my work. I'm always fine with abandoning whatever I'm working on. I have a bunch of stuff now where I'm, you know, I just, I may, I generate it, I make it, and I don't care if it ever comes out. I'm just not really concerned. So maybe that's, maybe that's just why I have, it seems like I have a lot of material, a lot of stuff that comes out. I'm just really not as attached to my work, I think, as a lot of people or to theirs. Mm. I don't think there's a way to make cool. things perfect, you know? Awesome. Okay, let's uh, let's leave it there, because that's a nice little nice little lesson to end the, the show on. Sweet. Uh, yeah. We, um, so both those books are out. Uh, work is on... What's, what price is that on? Work is Civil Coping Mechanisms. Mm-hmm. And Double Bird is on Maudlin House. Yeah, I knew that. It's testing you. <laughs> um, and uh, I've done tons of preparation. And um, let's cap off the episode with an, another another new song off a forthcoming album by someone I I really dig and have dug for ages. Uh, a lady named Emma Ruth Rundle. She's a solo singer-songwriter out of, I think, Los Angeles. She's dark and spooky and goth as hell. But with this kind of like con- almost country folky twang to her as well. So kind of the perfectly pitch between goth girlfriend and farm wife. The two uh, poles there. So she's good as hell. This is a, a new song off a forthcoming album called... On Dark Horses, which is going to be on Sergeant House, I think. 
and it's a song called Fever Dreams. It's really good. And um, stop. Yeah, so it's good. And you should listen to it. And you should read those two books I was talking about. And you should check out all of Bud Smith's stuff because it's. I haven't read any more of it. I'm going to probably try and read F250 at some point because that sounds like it would be my shit. And yeah, he's chewing on something here. Oh, no, I'm walking through grass. I'm sorry. Oh, that, that sounds like, yeah, it sounds like, <laughs> I thought you were like oh, yeah, that'd be eating great. peanuts yeah, or something. Eating. You were just like, yeah, just over my narration. It's terrible. <laughs> uh, yeah, now I'm walking, oh, okay. I'm walking yeah, through gravel. Okay, yeah, I could hear it now. That's, that's definitely gravel. Okay, you're off the hook. Okay. But uh, yeah, uh, check out his stuff and uh, read it all. It's so good. Seriously, guys, just like make time. Just do do what he does. Read it. Like, read it. Work. You know, make time for it. You'll you will thank me for it. And uh, check out this new song by Emma Ruth Rondel. Oh! 
Sleeping 